Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast, where we're well on the way to WrestleMania, but not before a stop-off at Elimination Chamber with a card that's shaping up to be just about as memorable as we've had in years. AEW is trundling towards its Revolution pay-per-view, and we're here to talk about all of it. My name is Jack Murley, professional broadcaster joined each and every week by professional rugby player, and I guess sort of Charlie coming to be a professional broadcaster. The amount of these you've got under, under your belt and your championship podcast appearances... Don't you have to be paid to be professional, though? Uh, yeah. Enthusiastic I'm a, amateur. I'm enthusiastic. That is exactly what I was going to say. An enthusiastic amateur broadcaster. And also, I just talk. Jack does all the producing, all the editing, everything. I talk at 8.30 on a Friday morning, and then at about 2 o'clock, I get a WhatsApp saying, Hi, mate, that was fun. Here's your videos. Don't forget to post them. I'm like, yes, okay, we'll do. <laughs> I'm quasi-agent for you as well, I think, is yes, sort of what it yes. is. But uh, how's your week been? Any good? Yeah, very good, thank you. Very good. All um, all just very busy. We've got a Friday night game, so actually playing tonight, which is always fun. It means you get your weekend. Oh, so I get nice. my Saturday and Sunday, which is nice. How about yours? Yeah, it's all been ticking over. Do you know, I wish with your Friday night games, they could coincide them around pay-per-views, because that would solve your staying up Saturday and Sunday. If only the championship was run by someone who was a wrestling fan, they could sort of make it happen. Yeah, we'll have to have a word. When the, when the championship is rebranded in the next few years and the reshuffle of English rugby, my one request will be that the... Um, the organisers of fixtures are wrestling fans to understand what we go through. Just say, I need my games around Rumble time and around WrestleMania time on the Friday night. Speaking of which, uh, let's get into it because there was a standout moment on Monday Night Raw as we build towards Elimination Chamber. And that's where we're going to kick off today. The altercation between Cody Rhodes and Paul Heyman, an instant classic as Heyman acknowledged, encouraged, questioned and eventually attempted to drive an emotional dagger through the heart of the American nightmare. A reminder of how good Heyman is on the mic. This is one of those must-watch promo exchanges. Yeah, it was absolutely sensational. Um, I woke up on Tuesday morning to lots of hype on my uh, Twitter feed about it. And um, I went to watch it on YouTube. Like I said, that's how I watch Raw. And I actually thought, I'd, it was a three and a half minute clip. And it was very good. But I'd seen little bits of different clips online. So then I went actually, um, BT Sport on their YouTube have the whole 11 minute altercation. And it's just excellent. It's really, really good. As you say, we haven't seen too much of him on the mic in the last 12 months. We've seen him in the background for Roman Reigns doing his his uh, tribal chief worshipping role. Uh, the wise man, he's done a lot of facial expressions in the background, which he's also the king of. But this was just a reminder that when you give him 10 minutes in the ring with a good story to sink his teeth into, there is no one better. And also, just probably the first time for me in WWE, we've seen Cody Rhodes really give a slam dunk promo. He's given some good ones, some emotional ones, but I'm not sure how difficult it is when you're, I'm back and I'm chasing the title, but now he's got the title shot. This is where it's difficult to make it seem like it matters and get us in, interested. And my word, what a job they did. And I think it's a very, very good and very clever way to make us stay as excited as we are about Sammy and Roman, but not forget about what we presume to be Roman and Cody down the line. Um, because I think a lot of people's worry was it was just going to pale into insignificance compared to the Sammy Roman story. But straight away, bam, I know why this match matters if it's what we get. I think you're absolutely right. It's such a clever way to keep these two-track stories going, which essentially revolves around one faction, the bloodline. We will talk about Sammy and Roman later, but I don't want to blow past this and how good Paul Heyman is. We all know that Paul Heyman is a legend 
on the microphone. But so many legends begin to tail off as they hit towards a certain point in their career. And that's natural. And Paul Heyman could sit back on his laurels at any point. He could go, I'm the guy who did ECW, and and that would be enough. Or he could go, I'm the guy with Brock, and that would have been enough. Or I'm the guy with Punk's Renaissance, and that would have been enough. He just, you don't get this version of Roman Reigns, which is the best thing in wrestling in years, without Paul Heyman continuing to, to rise to that level. Well, go back to, I believe it was SummerSlam or something like 2021 when Roman came back and won the title, that sort of stuff. It was the a pandemic SummerSlam, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. The most interesting thing about him, the, the easiest way they showed us this is a different Roman, was Paul Heyman was walking next to him. I remember seeing that. I was like, whoa, what that is? That is not what I thought was coming. And straight away, it gives him a legitimacy of being something a bit different. And I think one thing Paul Heyman never, ever can be accused of is resting on his laurels and just what he's done in the past. As you say, I think he and Jericho are the kings of reinventing themselves when they're two men who absolutely don't need to. They could retire on the spot now and they have Hall of Fame careers three or four times over. So he's brilliant and he just brings an air of whatever he is involved with seems more important, doesn't it? And I, I know it didn't quite work when they did it with Curtis Axel and Ryan back and they tried to make them Heyman guys, but no one, no one is 10 for 10. No one's 100 for 100. No one is perfect, but it, it does give them an air of legitimacy. You think, okay, I should take this guy seriously because Heyman takes him seriously. So I, I think it was brilliant. The promo was excellent. Cody was brilliant. Like I said, it just straight away, I am like, okay, I want Sammy to beat Roman. That's purely because I love Sammy Zayn. I hate Roman Reigns right now. That's just the, that's not the smart fan in me. That's the 10 year old child wanting Sammy to win. But I think everyone can accept that's probably not what's going to happen for whatever reason. I'm now very invested, more invested than I was on Monday afternoon in um, in a Roman Cody main event at WrestleMania. We needed this as well because a lot of us, me included, weren't sold on the idea this had to be Cody's time. And I'm still not sold on this having to be Cody's time, but a lot of us needed more than that traditional guy comes back, guy wins a rumble, guy goes on to WrestleMania, guy wins a belt, everyone's happy. I now have more. I mean, that line, cold as ice from Paul Heyman, Dusty told me that you were his favourite son, but Roman Reigns was the son he always wanted. That That's it. That That's the emotional seed planted. How would you do better than that as something to get me tuned in next week for this programme? You can. Yeah, Master, I think there's definitely... Paying, you think of the people Heyman named that Dusty um, trained and got ready to be big main event stars. There is storyline in if we get to Roman versus Cody, if Cody is going to go and fight for his dad's honour and for the title, that these guys come back and start speaking to him and like, all right, you've got to make Roman pay. If Roman starts disrespecting Dusty, that's why they go with this. Then you can get the whole locker room putting the pressure on Cody of you've got to go and make them pay for this. You can't let him disrespect dust like that he's not just your dad he was kind of a father figure to all of us and also almost cody's fighting not just for him not just for his dad but for the locker room almost how do we feel about the fact that a legend of wrestling but someone who has legitimately passed away who is legitimately no longer around is essentially one of the characters in the wrestlemania build and main event is it because it's dusty we're sort of cool with it. Because I was thinking this the other day. Imagine if it was Eddie Guerrero's daughter who is training to be a wrestler. 
whether we would be feeling as comfortable with it. And for some reason, I don't have the same jitters about Dusty being invoked in this story as I might do with other people who have legitimately passed on. It's a really, really good point. And I, I think that twofold, we, we weren't lucky enough, it seems like it's amazing, to know Gusty, Dusty personally, but it seems like we all feel like we did because he was such a huge part of wrestling. And you watch the way everyone talks about him. It seems like the business always came first. So he'd, you feel he'd have no issue with being a part of this to further the story, especially with his son being involved and make it better for them. Secondly, his son's involved. I feel like if anyone was going to know whether this was okay and their dad would be comfortable with it, it would be Cody. And I'm sure he's spoken to Dustin Rhodes. I'm sure they've all had conversations. So I feel like if they were doing it in a Roman versus Seth Rollins feud, it would feel less okay because you've not got a member of the Rhodes family there to kind of say, yeah, you're, you're allowed to do that. But the fact that Cody's smack bam in the centre of it and has never ever shone away from using his dad's legacy and leaning on that full storyline, I don't feel like it's an issue because of that. And then it can get worked in that, that, that Dusty wanted him to do it on his own, but Dusty never won the big one. I think this is great. Do we stick with this till after Elimination Chamber, this dynamic of it just being Heyman and Cody on Raw, and then you don't want Roman and Cody, I would guess, to cross paths until at least after Chamber. Yeah, I agree. And also, I didn't realise, Chamber's only next weekend. We've only got, I, I think, I think I'm right in saying the Elimination Chamber is next weekend. Wow, really? Yeah, I think I think it's the 19th of February. Good Lord. February. I could be completely wrong. No, no, that. I'm going to just made that up. I'm going to check if that so, because, yeah. We've only got one more raw for them not to cross paths. Now, watch Jack completely. T- no, was I right? no, you're spot on. You're spot no, on. Bonkers that it's next weekend. <laughs> Here I am, Kurt. We're on the build to chamber. And no, it's it's there, boys. It's right there. So um, I, I think, yeah, absolutely. Don't muddy the waters. I've seen them all cross paths. Because I also don't understand, like, whatever happens next Saturday or Sunday at Elimination Chamber between Sammy and Roman, I don't know how that can be the end of it. Well, this is what I mean. Yeah, just now I've had this bolt from the blue of chamber being so soon. You can't get a satisfying finish to that storyline. You can't wrap it up in a neat little bow or move Sammy onto the Usos in a fortnight. Can you? I mean, that's just my gut instinct. You can't do it. No, I, I, I genuinely think this screams going to a triple threat somehow. I really, I think that's the best, best bet for it. Give me a triple threat. I am all in on a triple threat. Um, we'll talk more about Sammy and Roman in a tick. Just before that, this version of Paul Heyman, in all the iterations we've seen, is this the best? Ooh. Ooh, you didn't prep me for that one on the question sheet, did you? Um, is this the best Heyman? So I... Uh, so the caveat is, I've never seen live, I've seen bits of ECW Heyman, when he was genuinely running ECW in the Monday Night Wars. I, I don't know fully what that Heyman was like, poorly dangerous. I don't I don't know that much about him. In WWE, is this Heyman more interesting than Lesnar Heyman and Punk Heyman? I'm going to say yes, because this is the best storyline he's been involved with, I think. Yeah. I, I think so. And his fingerprints are all over this story. And I think that that he was a great supporting part of the Lesnar Reign stuff and, and, and the punk stuff. But if you took Paul Heyman away from any of the punk stuff, punk would have been fine. He could have done his share of the heavy lifting. And if you took punk away, uh, Heyman away from 
the Lesnar stuff, Lesnar is such a phenom, he would have been fine. You don't get the bloodline without that scene that you mentioned of Heyman, the camera panning out and him being sat next to Reigns. And he's now carrying this side of another WrestleMania main event. So I think he sort of has to be by elimination. All I would say is I don't believe there's not a better version of Paul Heyman down the road. Yeah, and you just have no idea where he's going to crop up. Because imagine if three years ago I'd said to you, Paul Heyman will be with Roman Reigns. You just laughed in my face. And yet, don't you believe, do you remember that snowy roar? It was before 31, no one could get anywhere, and they did that sit-down interview backstage. It was Heyman, Reigns, and Lesnar. And I'm sure Heyman said something like, Roman, if I could manage anyone but Brock, it would be you. Like, he properly built him up. I'm not convinced Heyman didn't know there. At some point down the road, they would be together. Yeah, I read Jenny Goes Home. He has a list of people he wants to work with. And he's just ticking them off one by one. I bet on his list at the moment is ex-condom, which we will probably get onto in a bit. I bet he sees a little bit of magic there. But look, if Cody and Paul Heyman stole the show on Raw, and it did, on Friday of last week, we saw the very short build to Sammy versus Roman for the undisputed WWE Championship at Elimination Chamber. We know Montreal is going to be on fire and Sammy showed the fire we needed coming out of the Royal Rumble and making Roman look vulnerable. Yeah, he um, ambush got the better of Roman. It, it was brilliant. And then just you hear that crowd, they're going mad for Sammy Zayn. That's why we can't be done on Saturday, Sunday, whatever day it is. We cannot be done at the Chamber. There has to be more to this. Um, and the more I think about it, the more I think what has to happen is somehow, I don't know how you do this, but somehow Sammy gets his retribution on Roman, gets to Helluva kick his head off, something like that. But somehow in doing it, writes himself out of winning the title and Cody wins it by pinning Roman after Sammy somehow gets the dominant shot. I don't know how you do that, but Sammy gets his moment, but it ultimately costs him winning the title. No idea how you do it. At Chamber, Sammy gets his moment, but he doesn't... No, no, at, um, at Mania, sorry, a triple threat. I think he gets screwed at Chamber. I think the Usos or Solo Sokoa or someone screws him at um, Elimination Chamber. I I could see a situation where, oh, and do you do it in Montreal, where Sammy screws oh, Sammy? Don't don't say another Montreal screw job. No, no, no. But what if the rage that Sammy Zayn felt led to a disqualification finish where Sammy cannot stop beating down on Roman Reigns, and then Paul Heyman the week after says Sammy. You had your chance. You knew the rules. Sammy screwed Sammy in Montreal. I mean, I just love there are so many options. I love that there are so many ways to go, and we do not know what's going to happen. I love that Roman looked vulnerable as well, took the chair shot, took the spear, um, rolled out the ring. The physical difference between the two men means that needs to happen, and it worked. Some spear from Sammy Zayn as well. Yes, to Sammy. Jesus. Didn't think he had that move in him. What a spear. You you can probably equate that to uh, your little winger that you probably grew up playing against to, you know, little scrappy dog on the on the wing. And you think they're not the biggest, they're not the bolt. And just occasionally they will take Bam. down one of the front rows just from yeah. nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was a great spear. Textbook. Um, yeah, it was really good. Um, I wake up every Saturday morning and rush downstairs to see what happened on SmackDown last night. Genuinely, that's where I'm at now, like because it all happens on SmackDown, the Bloodline stuff. Really, it's just so exciting. I like that we haven't heard back from Jey Uso. Yep. And let's not hear from him. And let's have him. Let's just have a shot of him turning up backstage at Elimination Chamber and see what happens. 
so much intrigue. I because my job means that I actually get up while SmackDown is just about wrapping up on air. So sometimes I catch it live, the tail end of it, and there is that excitement that is there. Um, some suggestions came in on social media for our Cody Sammy Reigns dilemma that we posed last week, and that I guess we will continue to pose all the way up to Mania. Uh, the Big Dog on TikTok says, "Have Sammy win Money in the Bank and let Cody have his Mania moment." Now. Let's be clear, Sammy winning Money in the Bank in London, which is where it is, is going to be rabid. You can't stretch Sammy's retribution out to Money in the Bank, can you? First of all, look at you being on TikTok. I know. (laughs) Down with the kids, even I'm not on TikTok. You know that 30 Rock meme where it's, I think, Paul Giamatti and he goes, hello, fellow young people. Yes, That's me on TikTok. That's That's me, yeah, yeah. Uh, and secondly, no, I think if Sammy wins Money in the Bank, it has to be the start of a different storyline. Mm. That can't, you, I don't think you can drag this out past Mania, really. Especially, you can't, I don't think you can drag it out past Roman losing the title, really, if that's what you're doing at Mania. So, yeah, I, I like the thought of Sammy winning Money in the Bank. I really, really do. And I think in London, that would be excellent. And how cool that we're getting SmackDown in London the night before. Yeah, really, live really, really on cool BT Sport weekend. as well. Yeah. Yeah, really cool weekend shaping up there in London for us wrestling fans. But I don't think I, I I like the idea of Sammy winning the money in the bank. I love that. I think it has to be its own separate story. That do you think? Because you just mentioned it there. Is there any scenario where the best case outcome is Roman Reigns retaining at another WrestleMania? Honestly, who knows? Cause because he's the Edge and uh, Daniel Bryan yeah. beaten Brock a third yeah. year of Roman Reigns retaining. I can't say I'd hate it. No, I wouldn't, and that is just bonkers, isn't it? But I have so much faith in this bloodline story and them carrying the titles and making them feel relevant. Like this time last year, all we were talking about how was unifying the titles was the worst idea in the world. We haven't really said anything bad about it because they've done such a brilliant job at elevating the US and the IC titles as well. Mm. We haven't had that issue. So, gun to my head, I think it's his time to lose it. I do think it's time to finish the story. But if he didn't, I wouldn't be angry i'd be like oh okay what what have they got next for us yeah i I think there is just the danger of a bit of fatigue but then i do trust them to keep telling this story so who knows andre says part of the problem here is that cody was born on first base as a second generation relatively big dude sammy has none of that so people want to compensate and support him this is old uh daniel bryan scrappy doesn't look how he should argument do you think there's any anything to that um, I don't think it's as big a part of this as it was with Daniel Bryan. Mm. Uh, I do think it plays into, it's very easy for Sammy to portray the underdog because of his stature. Now, Sammy's not a small man. No. He just is a small person in relative to wrestling. Like Cody's a smaller wrestler. I think he's still six foot two and a big old boy. So I think it definitely plays into being the underdog, but I'd say more the way Sammy has been portrayed through the years in WWE and his storylines are more why people are buying into him so much rather than how he looks. But it definitely, it'd be hard to portray Big E as the underdog, wouldn't it? Or yeah. Brock Lesnar as the underdog because of how they look. So you can do it because of Sammy's um, stature and his image, but I'd say more storyline has done it than just his uh, appearance. And, and just on the point of Cody being born on first base and, and genetically he's got all the genetics of an athlete, a prime athlete, and yet Dusty was his dad. He still left the company. He, this isn't Stardust in the main event. This isn't dashing Cody Rhodes in the main event. This isn't legacy Cody. This is a creation 
entirely of Cody Rhodes' own doing. He bet on himself. He cre- and, and everything he bet on, WWE has looked at and gone, not only can we not do better, we can't think of anyone better that we've dreamt up to take the titles off Roman. And that is something I don't think I've given Cody enough credit for, and I don't think wrestling fans have. This may be the first time that I can remember that a gimmick, a guy, a creative package dreamt up entirely outside WWE, from the boots to the tattoo to the music, WWE have taken wholesale and said, that, we need that. And that is incredibly newsworthy. Yeah, and even after six months on the shelf, they couldn't think of to do anything better with him on his return than what he was already. It's incredibly impressive, as you say, and he needs all his flowers in the world for that. Now, all I can think of now is if he comes out at the main main event at Stardust. <laughs> Could you imagine? I just, I just think, yeah, let's do it. Why not? A very, a very lapsed wrestling fan mate of mine texted me the day actually and went, "What the hell is Stardust doing in the main event of WrestleMania?" Really? And I said, "You've, you've missed quite a lot in the years in between." I said that you've, you've missed quite a bit, but only because he bet on himself. How many yeah. people look? If I was in WWE being paid what WWE paid me and I got rid of that paycheck and not only got rid of it and said, you know, I'm going to start direct competition to you. I'm going to beat your product on Wednesday night and then I'm going to have the cojones to leave that thing I've created, strike a deal with you to come back and go, but only exactly on my terms and I'm going to succeed. I don't think there's a ballsier wrestler out there than Cody. No, not really. It's incredible. Like you said, I don't think we talk about it enough, really. Let's talk more about uh, WWE. We'll do AEW in a tick because Raw was certainly noteworthy. We saw the stage set for Edge and Beth Phoenix against Judgment Day at Elimination Chamber. The return that no one saw coming of Lita to aid Becky Lynch against Damage Control and more violence between two big men, Brock and Bobby. Uh, Really newsworthy Raw and I don't know how many more matches Edge and Beth Phoenix have. They've earned this moment together. They really, really have. It, it's really nice to see. They can both still go. They're both really, really cool. Uh, I think this will be a really good match. Yeah, I, I, I am very much into this. And I also enjoy that it doesn't matter how big, how famous, how successful you are, your wife will still happily tell you off for being cheeky on national television. Edge got a proper telling off for a little bum tap to Beth Phoenix. She did not enjoy that on the way down the ramp, did she? <laughs> and And he just knows the moment he's done that, Boy's in trouble now. Boy's mm-hmm. in trouble now. I shouldn't have done it. I'm glad Beth Phoenix is getting this moment because Beth Phoenix was probably four years too early in yes. terms of her talent, yes. her ability, what she could have done. If Beth Phoenix was coming in at the same time as a women's revolution, who wouldn't want to see Beth versus Sasha Banks, Beth versus mm. Charlotte, all, all those great matches? You, you just wonder if Beth Phoenix had been a Triple H NXT discovery just a few years later, where she would fit in 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 this pantheon of women. Yeah, and I think it's testament to the women in this match when you've got Edge and Finn Balor involved. And my excitement is for Beth and Rhea. Yeah. That's where my excitement lies in this match. It's just going to be a really good event and, and match that. And actually, let's not forget uh, Edge, uh, Canadian in that match as well. So they're going to be hot. Although I wouldn't... It wouldn't surprise me if Edge got some booze actually in Montreal because they can be a bit contrarian. I think Judgment Day have become so entertaining that actually, and, and Rhea is so over, it wouldn't surprise me if Edge, there are a few boo birds out for Edge. 
Uh, I, I would be shocked if you think? Edge got booed. Yeah, he's Edge. I don't think he's going to get booed out the building by any mean. But the Montreal, one of the great things about events in Montreal is they do whatever they want. They just oh, they, they just, are power unto themselves. The Montreal crowd, almost if not worse than us Brits. And I just think we're going to get a few scattered boos. Right? I could be wrong. Uh, I hope I am because I think they really deserve that moment. Uh, whoever bought the sign to roar about Eddie Guerrero and Dominic and had it up and they got that perfect shot as as Dom was taking the glam slam down. Uh, credit and credit to BT Sport for throwing that around because that was absolutely fantastic. And I just think uh, Dom, Dom deserves a huge spot at WrestleMania. Dom screaming, mammy, 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 as he gets glam slammed is just unbelievable. I think, um, I think Judgment Day win this match. I think Dom joins for a post-match beatdown of Edge, and that is where Ray has had enough. Yeah. And Ray comes down to save his mate Edge and starts beating up Dom, and that's how we get our build to Mania. That's what I think happens on um, next weekend. I'm going to throw out a sentence I never thought I would say, and we're a few months away from this. I would not be mad to see Dominic Mysterio win money in the bank. Ooh. Yeah, that could be really good. Him and, let's say, a Cody feud and Dom prancing around with that money in the bank briefcase protected by Rhea Ripley, who everyone knows is a badass who can take down the men at any time. I don't think I'd be mad. I don't know what's happened to me because at this time last year, if you'd have said Dominic Mysterio is going to be one of your must-sees, nah, not at all. But him as money in the bank, when I think there's story to tell there. And and let's not forget their story to tell with Lita as well. What a nice surprise getting her back. Really, really nice surprise. Yeah. Um, and did you see the rumours online of what they think they might add to the Elimination Chamber card? Mixed tag, is this right? Or a tag with Becky? Uh, um, well, I saw they might bring Lita's old mate, Tr- old mate Trish back and do a six-woman tag between Damage Control, Becky, Lita and Trish. Oh, yes. Give me that. By the way... Why is Triple H making Elimination Chamber like Mania 2.0 with this card? Because of this. Because of what we're doing now. We, we're kind Because of us. This is because of us. Because of our podcast. Hey, you're welcome, everyone. Just, you are welcome. Just, but because Triple H is a fan. And I'm, of course Vince McMahon is a fan. But Triple H and the creative team, I, I think it's fair to say, are, are much more into the stories and the intricate storytelling. And I think he's just into it. And he's just going, yeah, do you know what? Let's, let's do it. Why not do a bit of... Do you remember on the old SmackDown video games, you can make your fantasy card? And that's what Triple yeah. H is sort of doing. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. So if that does happen, it just adds. But also, if we just get the card we've got now, it's a brilliant card because give me Bobby and Brock as well. Yeah, I mean, that, it, brutal. Surprise they're not saving it for Mania? I think they're going Brock Gunther at Mania. I think they saw that face off in the room. I think that's where they're going to go. Oh, come on now. Come on. And across two nights of Mania, that's going to be... Uh, 15-minute slap fest between the two of them. Also, Jack, we saw... Um, just just, just want to make sure I saw this right. Mm. Did Bobby Lashley boop Brock Lesnar on the nose? I think he did. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one thing I do to my dog. How tall would you have to be and how many firearms would you have to have on your person to feel confident booping Brock Lesnar on the nose to know you wouldn't get killed, murdered? I'd have to be in a military-grade nuclear bunker with a little <laughs> hole in it 
I'm on those long, like, grabber <laughs> sticks on, like, about 50 feet away and then radio over to him, boop, and then I'd feel safe. Even, even then, I wouldn't trust that three years later, when you th- or, or when you're sitting on a rocking chair in your 80s, you would just see a truck pull up in a man in a check shirt and you think, oh, this is it. This is my retri- retribution here. Most of the conversation backstage, yeah, we're going to do this, yeah. I'm, oh, Brock, one sec. When everyone thinks it's over, I just want to come back. I just want to... Boop you on the nose. Is is that all right? But again, Bobby Lashley. I mean, relevant again. They're doing a fantastic job in WWE. And it's so cool to think. Because was it Elimination Chamber last year that we saw Brock come back and win the Chamber and just he battered Austin Theory with the F5 yeah. from the top? And it was just such a deflating build to Mania. Now... I cannot wait. I'm as excited for it as anything. And actually, let's not blow past AEW, which continues its build to revolution with a really strong dynamite. The Gun Club are the new AEW tag team champions after beating the acclaimed Roosh and Brian Danielson. Roosh! Didn't they just have a war? I mean, the blood that flowed on that. We saw MJF beat Takeshita and then cut a really weird promo after that, which we will get into. Um, Brian Danielson kid in a candy store in his element right now you don't need to do this to yourself brian we we all know how good you are like who who are you doing this for because honey if it's for me you can stop yeah it's... darling you can stop if this is for me okay um oh there was a lot of blood wasn't there I saw someone say online that was Eddie Guerrero scale of bleeding, sort of a seven out of ten on the Guerrero scale. You you know it's a bad one when every time they turn their head, the camera person's having to wipe it off the lens. Yeah, Yeah, it was barbaric, wasn't it? And I can understand why some people don't love seeing it. I I can. I I have a weird compass for what I like and what I don't like in wrestling. I Mm. don't love death matches, but I do like seeing blood. It's very weird. I don't understand it. Uh, I think it adds to the story when done right. I think it did it did in this case. I also think if the story they're telling is Daniel uh, Brian Danielson is being battered down ahead of an hour with MJF, smart to put him through this, and smart that again it's his shoulder that's being targeted. It's, yeah. it, it it all it all is clicking together beautifully. I, I suppose I wasn't quite convinced by the Brian Danielson's locked in his locker room sort of, but not really thing backstage. It was a bit campy for me. Yeah, it was a little bit much that, wasn't it? Like, yeah, I I didn't love that as much. I think I kind of forgot about that a little bit because the match was so good and there were yeah. so many other elements that delivered that. That kind of I was like, okay, I'll ignore that. What I can't ignore is that MJF promo. Now, if you, mm. if if you haven't seen it after MJF beats Takeshita in a really excellent match, because MJF very can, good, can, very good. Yeah, he can go and Takeshita, who I knew very little about pre-AW, I'm enjoying his work. MJF sits backstage with Lexi Nair and essentially tells a story about how, while having a sexual act performed on him after a prom, he drove his car into a lamppost, bloodied up the woman in the other seat. When they both came to, they swapped seats and she took the speeding tickets and he's a sleazebag. Now, I know it's in character. I felt quite uncomfortable watching that. Yeah, it did not tick the boxes for me. I didn't enjoy it. It was, yeah, it just seemed very crass for no reason and kind of made reference to men having dominance over women and women taking the fall for men and things like that. When we just, we didn't need to do that. 
did we? I, I don't understand. I always think when they do things that are a bit edgy, like did it further the story? Am I more invested because of it? Does it make me want something to happen more? And the answer was no. It just turned me off to MJF a little bit. I was like, ah, oh, you're, I don't want you to do well, but not for the right reason. I don't want to see you. I don't want you to be profiting from mm. the, this business. So I, it, it was, I saw some people who really, really liked it and thought it was something different. And that's completely fine because of course it's made up. It's not, it's not true. Yeah. But it wasn't for me. And I think what the upsetting thing for me is MGF is so good in the mic. Some of his promos are so brilliant. I didn't need this one. I think for me, and I have absolutely no doubt that this isn't what they were attend- intending and they would be mortified to think that this even came to mind. And I know they're very, very, very different circumstances, but it was only three weeks ago we lost Jay Briscoe in a car crash. And cutting a promo about a car crash, even as a heel, even in that scenario, I wonder whether someone backstage should have just said, we get what you're trying to do. You want to seem like a heinous human being. We, we don't, you know, great, get heel heat, but just is now the right time for that promo, particularly when MJF then starts posting on the social medias the pictures of the car. And I get what he's doing. He's blurring the line between reality and, 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 and fiction, and he's the best in the business at it. And look, made us all very uncomfortable. No one's going to be cheering MJF going into that match, but I just felt it was just... I felt it was out of character. It, it's not the guy he then was later in the show. Yeah, it, it didn't work for me. It, it, it missed on that one. How are you feeling about the Gun Club beating our boys the acclaim to become the new AEW World Tag Team Champions? Yeah, I, I absolutely am an acclaimed fan of the Gun Club, but I didn't feel like it was the wrong time. I think we've spoken quite a bit on here about... The acclaimed have been hurt by the trio's title and what's been going on elsewhere, and maybe actually a time away from the titles for them and then a reascension to the titles at some point is the best that could happen for them. Um, and they haven't had a bad reign by any stretch of the imagination, but I think this was maybe the right time. I also think they're doing it so the acclaimed can get the belts back. The guns are nothing but transitional champions. I just think of all the people to do it, is are the gun club really? I mean, where, where a death triangle? Like, yeah, I thought maybe they might have used Billy Gunn more in the story as well. Yeah, and the fact they didn't, it just sort of, I don't, I get where they're going for. Let's cut them some slack. It's a part of a story, but I just didn't love it. I didn't, I don't, I don't think the Gun Club are the right team to tell this story with. Maybe in two weeks' time, we'll be proved wrong. And Revolution is shaping up to be a quality card because that hour Iron Man match we now know we're getting is going to be great. Not sure what the Elite will be doing. Not sure what some others will be doing. We've got about three weeks until Revolution. So we've got your weekends are going to have some quality wrestling for about now till Mania. And then it'll take us three weeks to watch Revolution. Oh, so do you see someone say, I think it was Tom Campbell uh, on social media said, with the confirmation of the Iron Man match, Tony Khan has confirmed that Revolution will start at 8 a.m. on the Sunday and run through till 8 p.m. on the Tuesday. And you're yeah, just like, it, yeah. It's From, going to be long. Any way that Brian Danielson doesn't lose to MJF in that match. Danielson is just the guy to be beaten, isn't he, here? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's too soon for an MJF title loss. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Um, we send our thoughts to Jerry the King Lawler, who's been struck with some bad health news uh, this week. Uh, by all accounts, has a road to recovery, but there is a road there. Shocking news when that came through, purely because we are now sadly at that age where so many voices and people from our wrestling childhood are getting on a bit. And it, it's very sad, but we wish him all the best. Yeah, come on, King, pull through. It seems like... JR's been tweeting a lot about it. It seems like he's thankfully going to be okay. My favourite thing is that even his photos in the hostel after he's on brand with his Royal Rumble cap on. 
Yeah, and Jimmy Hart's there. I mean, <laughs> just, just it's, it, it looks like genuinely, it almost looks like a. And it, I can only say this because it seems like he's going to be okay. Yeah, the pictures generally look like a bad sketch from mid two thousands Raw. It, it does, and and I fully believe, given what what we know about Jerry the King Lawler, is that's exactly the way he wants it. He wants yes. to be there in that position. So all our best to King. Uh, right, let's do everyone's favourite part of the podcast. Something from everyday life we love uh, gets a push. Something gets sent back to developmental. Uh, first or second, Mr Beckett? I'll go first this week. Goes for it. So earning the push yes. is... You might have seen on my Instagram a few weeks ago. So one of the, I say girls, women, I coach at Chat and Women. Her and her husband run a couple of coffee and donut shops in Worcester called Guilt Trip Coffee. And they are brilliant. Yeah. They are excellent, excellent coffee, nice toasties. And then, so the, so the donuts, are, everyone likes donuts. Yes. But when I say donuts aren't my thing, I don't love donuts. Like I can take or leave a donut. Like okay. some things that I love... I really like coffee cake, but donuts aren't my thing, for example, okay? Yep. So when she brings them the ones they got left over at the end of uh, the day's training, I'll normally, the girls have, I normally won't have one because they're not my thing. Yeah. But we went to the shop and I had one, one that was freshly made that morning. I had an espresso glazed donut and it might have been the nicest thing I've ever eaten in my life. Does so, she do cronuts? No, they don't. They don't. They do just donuts at the moment, but I was talking about them. Okay. Because they're special, aren't they? But so, anyway, so... This, these guilt trip donut coffee shops are in Worcester, which is about a 35 minute drive from my house. So it's an, it's an event going. You, you have to say, should we go to guilt trip? Okay. Yep. Only the push this week is their opening one in Cheltenham, a 10 minute walk from my house. Oh, fantastic. This is excellent news. But back to developmental this week is that they are opening a guilt trip coffee shop, a 10 minute walk from my house. Because that is very dangerous as well. That could also be awful news. So, how many calories? are in their donuts, would you yeah, say? Yeah, like, like coming to like 400, it's almost, it's like a meal. It's a whole meal in a donut. Just walk the long way. Just walk the <laughs> long way. Just go, just, I don't know, just go to somewhere near Gloucester. Just walk, do a little hike and then come you back walk, to it. Walk towards like the three hour round trip. Yeah, four just, hour round just trip. Earn, yeah, okay. Also, the amount you burn off in, in, in training and games, you must be allowed a yeah, donut. But when you, yeah, when you go, yeah, like now and again, also, it's hard just to have one when you go there. You have one there and you bring one home. And yeah, so it's very, very exciting. If anyone's ever in the Worcester Chelsea area, make sure you check out Guilt Trip uh, Coffee and Donuts. They are excellent. But yes, I'm very excited to be 10-minute walk from my house, but also dreading the fact that also as well, mm-hmm. not even that, they're on a, I won't name it, a well-known food delivery service as well. So I don't have to leave my bloody house. Oh my God. You're going to, you're going to be huge after about, Thank you, Jack. Once Thank I'm, you. you're going to suddenly, I'm going to have to like get you a widescreen camera or something. It's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> do they do, do they do custard donut? Yes. They're the daddies. A good custard donut. That's the one for me. See, I don't like cold custard. Oh, Charlie, come on. Sorry. So wait. That's the most disappointed you've ever looked at me. It's going to slam the lid down. So if you. Ah, have, we're done. <laughs> So if you have like a, 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 I don't know, I was going to, all I can think of is spotted dick, but if you have like a, yeah, no, yeah. you have hot custard with it. Well, I'd have ice cream with it. Oh, no. No. But if I was having custard, I'd have it hot, yes. You're unbelievable. The cold, right. I'm, I'm not, we're just not today. Um, back to developmental for me. I love Cornwall, but it's so far from everywhere and I'm beginning yeah, to learn that. it is. It uh, is so far. 
I had to, for work, go to Edgebaston this week, and that was a three-hour, 45-minute journey from Cornwall. And most, It's called the Midlands. It's the middle of the country. Not for me, it's not. It's, it's, it was an eight-hour round trip plus to go and do an hour's work. And I love my work, and I'm not complaining about it, but Cornwall is so far from everywhere, as you must know when you play the Pirates. Oh, yeah. Bus trip down to Pirates is a long old bus trip. The Pirates, because it's so far down, it's two hours before you even get across Cornwall. Cornwall's a big old mm. place. Uh, yeah. So that's going back to developmental for me. Uh, earning the push for me is a nice little show on Netflix called Smiley. If you need something okay. nice, now it's in the Spanish language, but it's subtitled. It's fun. It's upbeat. It's just nice characters. Uh, I would recommend it because I couldn't get into Happy Valley because of all the violence. So Smiley's just a bit of fun. I really struggle. It's a completely me issue mm. with foreign shows with English subtitles. I can't do them. I just, I can't. Really? But then I can do dubbed ones even less. Oh, I'm Dubbed the, is the worst. Yeah, I can, if it, I can, I can read the subtitles fine. I don't mind that at all. But if it's dubbed, I cannot get to grips with it. I, I just can't do the subtitles. It's a me issue. It's very much a me issue. They're There's so much good stuff out there, Charlie. Yeah, I know. I know I'm missing out, but I just can't, I've tried and I just can't do it. You say this over your donuts to them. I've tried. I just can't. I just can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. Uh, right. Look, before we wrap up, well, Elimination Chamber is coming a lot sooner than we thought. Seems to me we need a big angle on SmackDown to get the build ready for next week's go home shows. Do we get Roman get any measure of beatdown violence on Sammy before Elimination Chamber, or does Sammy need to be getting the better of him each and every week till then? No, oh, it's a good question. I, I think they delve into the Jey Uso of it all more than I think. Delving into the Jey Uso of it all is such a yes. sentence that only wrestling fans can get. Uh, well, we shall see SmackDown on tonight. There's going to be a big roar on Monday. And then, as Charlie says, we're on the go home to Elimination Chamber. Rate, review and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. If you like wrestling and your mates do as well, tell them about us uh, and keep following Earning the Push. He's Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter. I'm Jack underscore Murley. And we are out of time. Until next time, bye bye. <laughs>